Jake, we got us some NFL action to talk about. I'm excited. Uh, the college football model, which had been a couple years running, uh, made some massive upgrades over the season, made it player-based, took that skeleton and adapted it to the NFL. A few differences, of course. A few differences in college. You got to think about uh, recruiting rankings. You got to think about the coaches, right? Because you, you kind of just know a guy coming in to Tennessee, to Alabama, is going to be better than a guy going into Rice. So how do you deal with that? The NFL is a little bit different with that, right? Um, so had to make some changes for sure, but uh, really excited to unveil the – and I kind of had an NFL model very loosely before, but this is kind of the premium now version. Uh, excited to cover. We're going to talk about six games. We've got the rest of the games over on Dub Club. Got a bunch of A-grade picks. Um, I'm excited. You know, let's let's yeah. do some NFL. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be wild with the the making professional athletes again instead of you know just trying to figure out who's who's going to class and all that. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Now we now they just play football. The question is, and maybe someone can tell us, can we even say NFL or are we supposed to say pro football? I feel mm-hmm. like that maybe I shouldn't even have NFL on the screen up there. I might be breaking rules. I know I know the rule is about the team names, right? There's like those yeah. are trademarks, so we're not gonna use those, right? We can't use team logos right under the nfl's or super professional football i don't again i don't know someone will have to let me know uh, we can't say the name of the last game of the season right there's all these weird we need a lawyer uh, if anybody's a lawyer <laughs> doing those these things yeah we'll the, the we'll is, is crazy the no fun league there you go yeah. uh, we are going to talk about the thursday game uh here several of the sunday games not going to cover the monday night game uh but again dub club has all the other games uh jake the last thing i want to say before we get started, number one, if you're a new viewer with us, do make sure you watch the intro at least one time. We are talking probabilities. We're talking money lines here, uh, you know, and that and that matters. We are not trying to say what we think absolutely will happen. We're just giving out probabilities and saying this makes for smart long-term betting. It's the same process that we use in college basketball. It's the same process that we use in college football. It's the same process that we've used all season in baseball. And we just keep rolling out the profits, it seems like, season after season. By taking this approach, it's not going to win every single game. It's not going to win every single day. We're going to be, quote-unquote, wrong. Uh, kind of as mentioned with Cousin Jared, though, yesterday in the college football show, we're never really wrong as much as we're you know, the probability sometimes unlikely events happen, but we do have to try to make adjustments. We'll make adjustments, especially after week one. If we feel like the probabilities, you know, missed a little bit and that the probabilities from the happening should have been higher or lower, uh, things like that. The good news about the NFL, we were able to use preseason data, which really matters for a lot of the people without data. It, the preseason data is not going to do a single thing to uh, some of your better players. A bunch of your better players hardly played at all. But for some of these young guys, uh, I, I went and added the preseason data today, and it really mattered for some of these some of these young quarterbacks, these young running backs and receivers. Uh, looking at their how they graded out on each individual play did seem to matter. So we have a little bit of a help here in week one. I think we'll have a little bit fewer adjustments after NFL week one than we will college football week one uh, because getting that preseason helps us out a little bit. Uh, blessing. If you are a Dub Club subscriber, you can get into our NFL Survivor Pool. It's exclusive to Dub Clubbers, and the winner gets a free year at Dub Club. So definitely be looking for the details for that if you're with us on Dub Club. If not, sign up this week. That link's in the show description, the, the deadline for that contest. I think it's going to close either on maybe on Thursday to get in because that first game, you won't have to have a pick by then, I think. Uh, but it might close Thursday to get in. I'm not sure. Uh, but be looking for those details here. We'll get that out soon so that people can get into that. So we're going to a fun contest with a massive prize in a year subscription. 
uh, to the Dub Club to get college basketball, baseball. You'll get everything for the whole year, so you, you'll get to see everything. So uh, check that out. Uh, without further ado, let's get to it here. Thursday night, <clears throat> Detroit and Kansas City. Uh, the offensive grades that you see on the screen are the offensive grades without the quarterback. NFL again works a little bit different than college, uh, and this is kind of the better way to model it. So when you see offense there that is without quarterbacks, you can see Kansas City grades out fairly well in offense, even beside having Patrick Mahomes. And of course, he's very good. I have him as the third best quarterback in football. I do like do have Allen and Burrow slightly ahead of him, but it's kind of rounding error at that point. You know, really good quarterback obviously uh Mahomes I have him, him being worth 6.2 points to the spread uh Jared Goff the 30th ranked quarterback uh is 1.9 30th ranked gets a 99 because I'm grading backups as well because we're gonna see a lot of backup quarterbacks unfortunately throughout the season and so kind of grading them all together putting them all on the same scale uh your replacement level is kind of what Goff is two points decent quarterback there's some zeros and some negatives right but Goff's not terrible but he's not great he doesn't really have a lot of help Jake I'm not high on Detroit this year just perusing where my rankings are compared to some other popular rankings I'm very low on Detroit and part of it is that defense hitting 124 I'm actually a little bit lower on Kansas City as well that defense of 123 not being very good, obviously, then without one of their star defensive players here who I was able to pull out of the model. So that Kansas City defense kind of makes me a little bit skeptical of them. I don't think they're going to be bad, but I might be not quite as high as other people. But I'm way lower on Detroit. I think they've got an okay offense and a bad defense. And I don't know how you make the playoffs with an okay offense and a bad defense without a lot of luck. I mean, it doesn't seem very likely to me. What do you think? No, I mean, they faded in the middle of last year um, and then – they finished strong, but they really weren't playing against great competition there. If you go back and look at so Detroit, I'm I'm kind of low on too. I think everybody's falling in love with Dan Campbell, and he looks to be like a heck of a coach, a heck of a motivator. Yeah. I I would run through a brick wall for him. I like to play for him, and uh, like they got some talent around there. With I want to say Rod, I love the Jameer Gibbs pick. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a stud. It's just golf. It's not a guy to move your offense up. He will maintain where your offense is, but he's not uh, going to improve your offense where Mahomes is absolutely going to. Like everybody right. thought, hey, Kansas City was going to drop off a little bit when they traded Tyreek Hill. Didn't really drop a beat. I mean, no. Kelsey no. is incredible, but I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony that are on the outside. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I, man, I just I think Kansas City is a very very good team, and I think they're really going to take advantage of a, of a bad defense for Detroit here. Yeah, I, I think so too. And again, as part of what we have on the clubs, I have positional ratings for this as well. So I can tell you here, uh, the I, I group the wide receiver tight ends together. I've got the Chiefs rated at number six in the league, which like you said, losing a guy like that, still being six is pretty good. A lot of that, of course, is Kelsey and, and how good he is. Uh, offensive line ratings, for instance, got the Chiefs fourth there. Uh, that's where the Lions, I think, have a massive strength. Is I've got them as the fifth best offensive line group uh, in, in the league. The issue is uh, – very unproven at running back. That's a little bit of concern. Questionable so far on the outside. So they've got a line, but they just don't have a lot at the skill position. Now that line matters, and that's why their offense has a chance, I think. But it just feels like a really uphill task here at Kid City. You can see on the screen the model says Kid City by 8.3 gives the gives them a 77% chance of winning. The current price of Kansas City minus 280 is a C grade. What a C grade means for us here is that we have plus expected value, but it's relatively small. And we've talked about this a 
slope. I've been trying to talk about this more with baseball lately, just to kind of communicate how we're thinking about this from a probability standpoint, because gambling is gambling is a lot of things, but one of the biggest things is it's math, right? You got to be, got to learn a little bit of math. Got to hang with me here on the math or else I just, you're not going to be a successful gambler. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. We have to think about a little bit of this stuff, right? And, and there's, there's bankroll management and there's, you know, emotional restraint, right? There's all sorts of things that go into gambling, research, knowledge, right? But, but part of it's math. And the math here on our C grade is we think we have a little bit of an edge, but if we're missing something that could flip from a plus expected play, expected value play to a minus expected value play. B grade means we're pretty confident. We like it. We've got a decent edge here, but if we're missing something big that could be minus expected value, A grade is we really think it's a plus expected value play. Even if we're missing something, it probably just drops the edge a little bit. And that's what the Chiefs, this minus 280 is a little bit expensive, but I still think there's value on it. Partially, I think there's value fading the, the Detroit. Uh, another way you could obviously do that is laying the six and a half points with Kansas City. Again, model says 8.3, so the model that would be the side it takes. I find we can find better at, at, uh, edges with the money lines because we can do probability here. And a lot of people struggle with probability. A lot of people are afraid to take certain numbers. And that makes the books price things wrong because they know how their market's going to react to it. And that's what we're going to take advantage of here. Minus 280. Again, the way we do this is we're going to have our risk plus win add up. Something that's going to allow us to take some of these bigger favorites. We're going to take a bunch of dogs too. Um, and the idea is as long as we are hitting this at a percentage higher than the implied minus 280. It's a profitable pick. That's what 77% would indicate. That's what makes this a strong pick. There's not a, I have a hunch Kansas City wins. It is, if they win 77% of the time, minus 280 is a good price. Minus 350, not a good price. Got to make sure we're finding good prices. Minus 280 is decent enough. C grade. JQ, what else you want to add about taking Kansas City here on Thursday night? I, I think you nailed it with the lines. And because Jared said it best, I mean, you the spreads, gets iffy because you don't know what teams are going to do. Like Penn State at the end, if you're sitting on West Virginia, that is insane, that, that kind of beat. But when your goals are aligned with the team, which both teams want to win, uh, so that makes it a lot easier to bet a lot. And then the system you've created with the adding up, like betting risk to reward adding up to something really will add tons of money to your bankroll. Slowly but surely, you'll just be creeping up, creeping up, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch those numbers go up. But I think Kansas City is a much better team. I think the line is – the offensive line is really good. There's something to be saved for all the cohesion they've had for the years. I, I do think Kansas City stands a great chance of winning this one. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. Uh, Kansas City minus 280 against C grade picker. We also do have a play on the total. Not going to talk about that. That's an A grade total play for Thursday night. Going to keep that exclusive to Dub Club. So check that out uh, if you're not already there with us. Which takes us to the Sunday slate, 1 p.m. Carolina and Atlanta. Uh, a couple of quarterbacks that I'm kind of interested to see what they look like this year. Uh, Desmond Ritter, for Atlanta, Bryce Young for Carolina. I've got Bryce Young based off his preseason data, number 34, a grade of 98. Kind of like that Jared Goff. Right now looks decent. Here's the thing, though. Jared Goff has enough data historically that Goff has a good game or a bad game. His rating won't change much. Bryce Young has a good game or two, bad game or two. His rating's going to move a lot more because there's not a lot of data right now. We can kind of transit some of that college data. We know he's going to be probably not terrible, but he wouldn't be the first quarterback to come out of college and struggle. Desmond Ritter, a young guy as well. And should to see how he progresses in his young career. Both these quarterbacks, I think, are pretty comp. Both these defenses are pretty comp, pretty average. Again, lower is better on defense because it's always hires more points or runs. If we're talking baseball, lower is 
less. Look at the difference between those supporting cast, though, between Carolina and Atlanta. Carolina, I mean, <laughs> not a lot happening at running back, not a lot happening at wide receiver or tight end. I've got their offensive line as the 20th ranked line, which is the best thing going for them at this point on offense is their line. Not a lot happening there on offense. Atlanta, on the other hand, while there is that question mark uh, at receiver ranks number seven of non-quarterback offenses, why do they rank so high? Number two offensive line. I think that's going to be really key, create a lot of holes for them in the running game, give Desmond Ritter time. Will it matter? We'll see how good he can be this year, but he should at least have plenty of time. Pretty mediocre everywhere else, but that offensive line is really good for Atlanta. That's part of why a little bit of home field, but home field matters not a ton in the NFL these days. Part of the reason why we have Atlanta minus five and a 66% chance to win. So we're on them here at minus 175 C grade. Same thing, plus expected value. We like this value. Would like it better if the price drops. Still think it's worth a play or recommended plays. Someone was asking here on Discord. A grade plays, B grade plays, and the plays we talk on show because these are the ones that we've done that extra looking at and say we really think there's extra value here. Uh, maybe uh, more above some of the other C grades. So we're going to be very selective with our C grade plays. This is another C one. We like your Atlanta minus 175. Jake, take it away. Yeah, I think Atlanta is the better team here. And I, th I think the defense is a little better than what you're showing, just in my opinion. I, mm. I really like several of their other players uh, on, on defense with the signing of Clias Campbell and uh, A.J. Durrell, I think make, can really up the defense more, more than they hurt anywhere else with some of the things they do. But it really comes down to – Carolina, there's just so much new there. You've got a new quarterback with a new coach with new – he's trying to figure everything out. I think there's way too much for to me to ever feel safe backing them, except for maybe against Arizona if they play. Uh, but, that, like, Atlanta, you've got a great offensive line that's going to – really going to make Bishon Robinson look great, even though mm. he may not be that good right away. He's, he's going to be able to get two or three yards before anybody touches to him, touches him, so it's going to look good. You've got Cordero Patterson. Uh, there's, I, I don't know how they plan on using him this year, uh, mm. but he's just a weapon that they love to get the ball in his hands, throw it to him, hand it to him, whatever they need to do. And you have a guy like Kyle Pitts that makes everybody feel a lot better. And <laughs> Desmond Ritter, I'm – I'm not sure about him, but we're, we're sure going to find out. And I think this is a this is a good good game to get a good look at him. It, it, this is again his grade is based off of just him that 95. So again, I, I'm saying below average, right? I, I don't. I think he's below kind of replacement level. I think there, there are better quarterbacks out there for sure. Again, he's uh, according to the model, the 40th best quarterbacks. I mean, there's a lot of backups better than him. So I'm with you. It's just all the pieces around him. Uh, you mentioned B. John Robinson, of course, the running back group for the Falcons uh, is ranked number 20. That's another one where we have a lot of, we don't know about Bijan, right? We know he's just an incredible athlete. What we saw with him at Texas was incredible. How will he fare right off the bat? We'll have a good line, which is which is important because a lot of times he's good running backs. And I think that's why there's a lot of hype running. A lot of times good running backs that get drafted really high don't come into offensive lines. There's maybe one other one that I'm forgetting, but the only other one I can remember in this situation was Zeke Elliott back with the Cowboys who came into a good line and excelled right off the bat as a high draft pick. But that's the rare case. Most of the time, a top running back gets drafted to a bad team, bad offensive line, and they're constantly hitting him in the backfield. That gives him a chance to be successful. So uh, that's where, again, that line is driving, I think, a lot of the success that everybody else around him 
may not be as good and or it's unproven. we got a lot of question marks, but that line can really matter. I'm kind of like, I think Atlanta's decent enough. Talk about the defense, their defensive line ranks seventh, uh, according to the model, so it's pretty good. There's a little bit more concerns about their secondaries. That's where they're going to have to shore things up. Is that going to matter here against Carolina? Probably not as much. And so that gives them a little bit of an edge that they can probably mask a deficiency, whereas they might not be able to mask that against, you know, we were talking about Kansas City. A questionable secondary might be a bad thing against them, maybe not against Carolina. So we like Atlanta here. Good model says they should be five-point favorites. This is one where if you're laying three, that probably seems pretty reasonable. Over three, that's questionable if you're actually getting plus expected value because uh, the probability the game lands on four or five, it's not impossible, but it's not overly likely. So that's where, again, I like just going to the money line. It's pure math. I don't have to worry about conditional probabilities of things like that. We don't have to worry about, like you said, we saw it with Louisville, uh, Georgia Tech. On Friday night, team is up, you know, 12 or whatever. And they're like, oh, we don't care if we give up a score. We don't have to worry about these things. Our incentives are aligned. So Atlanta minus 175, worth your while there. Also at 1 p.m., Arizona, Washington. Uh, unless you're a fan of one of these teams, probably not going to be on your television. <laughs> um, Arizona, just a mess. I actually, I'm going to say something that might be a little bit of a hot take. I don't think Arizona is actually the worst team in the league if they've got Kyler Murray at quarterback. Not that Murray's amazing, but he's good enough to, I think, make them like 31st best in the league. Issue is no Kyler Murray. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. We don't seem to know at this point. I can't even honestly remember which guy I've got in there. I don't think it matters. I think the backups are going to be pretty rough the backup combination there gets an 88 grade. So we're talking about, you've seen the numbers in the quarterbacks and we've got, we've talked about guys like golf and Ritter, some of these guys who we don't think are that good getting upper nineties and 88. That's not a good grade, right? You're talking about a bad situation there. Offensively, not the worst group. Why is that? They do have some skill at running back. They got an okay offensive line. They have absolutely nothing happening at wide receiver. That's going to be their issue is they have nothing happening there. Defensively, though, Wolf, worst defensive line, according to the model, and the linebackers and defensive backs aren't that much better. That 130 is a terrible grade. They're going to be in for a long year, especially uh, on situations like this with no Kyler Murray, who's probably the only thing that gives them a prayer of winning a game. I have Washington minus 7.9, a projected score of 26 to 20, or 26 to 18. I think the spread's priced pretty well. Instead, that we're going to go over 37 and a half, largely on the fact that the Arizona defense is truly terrible. Washington defense slightly better than average. Washington ought to put up some points here. And if they get 26, uh, like the model projects, we only need 12 from Arizona to hit this over. So there's some pretty good value here. A grade on this over, Jake, what do you got? Yeah, like I think this over is one of the best best plays on the board because Sam Howell is a good quarterback. People forget how good he was in North Carolina. Um, he didn't get. He's going to get a really easy start here, uh, and he's got guys like Curtis Samuel, very very good receiver. Terry McLaurin, very good receiver. Dotson seems like he's going to be great. Uh, tight end, I'm not I'm not sold on Logan Thomas, but we've got a good running back room, uh, good offensive line, and. I think they are like Sam Howell's going to feast, and they're just going to let, let him open it up. I mean, McLaurin can absolutely make this over go by himself, and I don't see anybody on Arizona getting in his way. It's, and it's extremely hard to shut teams out at the NFL level, even even when you're yeah. like, gosh, I'm a huge Tennessee fan. I love Joshua Dobbs and what he did at <laughs> Tennessee, but uh, he's just not there at the NFL level. He's just not good enough. Um, smart guy. He's going to. 
it's going to make some good plays. But I mean, if he's starting, he's been there maybe two weeks now. Like it's not, it's not that long. Yeah, how much of the offense does he really know? So like, I don't expect much out of Arizona's offense, but it's extremely hard to uh, shut these teams out. And James Conner is a good, is a very solid running back. They may, they may get ten-ish points, and that should be more than enough. And you know, we talk about totals in the thirties. In college, I like going under totals in the thirties because the college game is very different. And if and we talked about this with cousin Jared, if they're putting that total in the thirties, it kind of tells you something. You kind of have an idea of what's happening because it's such a unique situation in the NFL. It's kind of more 50, 50 for me, because like you said, it's hard to shut a team out. Uh, you end up with special teams. There's a lot of skill in special teams. Whereas in the college game on special teams, there's not a ton of skill out there for most teams. The Alabamas of the world, the Texases of the world, they've got some, some guys that can make some plays on special teams. So most of them, you're talking about overall not that talented of guys because they're the third, fourth string guys, you know, at 19 years old, right? The NFL, those special team guys are very talented and you end up with special teams play uh, scores. You end up with a defensive score. Like so there's just a lot of ways where something goes wrong and you get a few extra points. And this number should be low. It's one of my lower projected totals on the board. Uh, but Arizona's defense is going to just give up so many points that this, this seems like it should not be in the 30s. It should be more in the low 40s. Uh, again, models projecting more like 44, uh, which is actually the most common uh, NFL score, I believe, the most important key number here in the NFL is 44. And that's kind of where the model sees it. Maybe that's a little bit high. Maybe it should be 43, 42, but either way over 37 and a half is pretty good value. There's a great pick on that one. Two bit of a rivalry game here, Green Bay at Chicago, uh, Green Bay, you know, a new era now with uh, Jordan Love. Now that Aaron Rodgers has moved on, uh, I guess that's been kind of a story. Um, uh, to, to see someone here uh, new in green Bay uh, after all that. And, and I, I feel like he took all his favorite toys and his friends with him over to the jets as well. Green Bay is still going to be solid on offense. So you see that one away grade. Why do they have that? A lot of skill at the running back position and a very good offensive line though. This, the, the wide receivers and tight end group, again, that's where I think, you know, Rogers took a couple of his friends with him. So that's a little bit hurting there, but a good line should help out what, again, is a questionable quarterback. We don't really know a lot about how he's going to look. Model's just kind of saying mediocre for now. Justin Fields, pretty solid. Hearing a lot of hype about him. His passing rating, though, according to sideline, not very good. It's all about his legs, and that's where he's going to be dynamic and make plays. That's why he's ranked as the 14th best quarterback. It's not because of his arm. It's definitely because of his legs. The issue is while he has a good line, he doesn't really have a lot else to make it happen. So it's going to be mostly him trying to generate that offense. Neither one of these defenses stands out as strong. None of the individual units stand out as strong. I think there's going to be both relatively below average defenses. These two teams are ranked pretty similar. Uh, I've got Green Bay as the number 22 team and Chicago as the number 23 team, which says coin toss on a neutral given the games in chicago they should be slight favorites we're going to take them minus 115 again slight value at a c grade uh can't really pay much more of a price in this but this is an acceptable price to play it at jake what do you got yeah i'm not a huge justin fields believer because like you said his passing not great but not great he can run the ball very well and that that makes his passing a little bit better because 
linebackers aren't getting as involved in the passing defense as they because they've got to keep eyes on him. And I think the yep. pickup of DJ Moore is going to be huge for him because having a stud receiver like that can make some of those inaccurate throws become catches that were being dropped or intercepted before. Uh, I like Herbert a lot. They've got a decent line. Foreman is is a good battering ram near the goal line. I, th- I think this Bears team is going to be very solid. Defense, ooh, I'm not I'm not sold on them yet. But I just I've never been a big Jordan Love fan. He's not not got a ton of weapons around him outside the running backs. Uh, Duke, Romeo Dubs not not been what they thought he was going to be when they drafted him. So I, I don't see him really stepping up. Tight end is a very weak spot for me there. I I just really think the Chicago team should really come up with a win here. I think the issue is with Chicago only having one wide receiver, a decent defense should be able to take him out of the equation. And that's going to force Fields to just be scrambling for his life because he won't have a lot else. The issue is uh, the count in this game is Green Bay good enough to do that? And that's where I'm not sure the answer is yes. The defensive backs for Green Bay have ranked 29th. So it's not like they've got the secondary to say, yeah, we're going to take this one guy out of your arsenal, and then what are you left with? And you can't throw the ball. Ha ha, good luck beating us. And I think good teams are going to make the Bears look really foolish offensively. Good defense because they can do that. Green Bay doesn't seem like that defense. Again, like I talked at the top of the show, right? Reviewing the world on probabilities, anything can happen on any given Sunday trademark i guess um, and so you never really know what's going to happen it's just we're talking about a typical game on in general uh this isn't the setup to make fields and that offense looking at but i do think it's going to happen a lot this year this is a situation where he might have a little bit more success uh fields is definitely going to be one of the interesting cases one of the guys this offseason that you hear a lot of a lot of hype about a lot of how how much growth is he going to have how much is his rating going to jump how much is his passing going to improve you know, the model will adjust to that as, as the season goes along, if it's warranted. Uh, right now, the model's a little bit skeptical of that and just really concerned about his passing. So going forward at this point, he's not a guy I'm buying stock in, but there's a lot of young quarterbacks, it seems like, playing this year. It might just be the games we're covering, but there's a lot of these guys. And based off of how they perform, the grades are going to start going up or down a lot because they don't have a whole lot of, you know, set in stoneness like a guy like Patrick Mahomes does where – Mahomes could have three bad games and it's going to be like, whatever. But there's a lot of guys here, and, and Fields is one of them. Uh, one of the more higher-rated ones, but again, one I'm I'm not that sold on relative to the hype. I think he's going to be better than Love. But I feel like there's hype that he might be a top-five quarterback, and I'm just not seeing it personally. But who knows? Uh, if you're a Bears fan, uh, I mean, long-live optimism of opening week, right? Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, of all the teams – the model loves Philadelphia. I mean, absolutely loves them. It loves Jalen Hurts. Decent as a passer, incredible as a runner. I've got him as the fourth best quarterback uh, with a grade of 130. Offensively, absolutely loves what's happening there. Questionable at running back, but I've got them as the number one rated wide receiver tight end group and the number one rated offensive line. Absolutely love. And again, with Jalen Hurts being the number four quarterback, you can handle the fact that your running backs are bottom half of the league. They have got so much talent on offense and defensively got them as the second best defensive unit 
second best defensive line, third best linebacker, questionable at the secondary. That's going to be the one area a team with a good passing quarterback might be able to do some damage on them. But I love this Philadelphia team. I think they're being undersold when people talk about who's likely to, you know, win, win it, be at the top of the year, who's number one seed, that sort of thing. I think this Philadelphia team has a great chance to do it. I've got them a seven-point road favorites at New England, who just sets up to have a very meh year. Mac Jones at quarterback, number 21 ranked. Not bad, uh, but again, nothing overly special. 70% likely winner for Philadelphia. Minus 190 gets a B grade. How much this model loves Philadelphia? I think we're going to be backing them a lot. Uh, Mrs. Professor's a Cowboys fan, so hopefully she's not watching this. Uh, this Philadelphia team is just – they're outstanding at uh, – the fact that they didn't win the Super Bowl really surprised me. I, I was I was all for him because Hurts is amazing. He just throws the ball. He's, he's everything they want Justin Fields to be. And, yeah. and he's got a great line, incredible receivers. I mean, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that's just not fair. Dallas Goddard is a good to great tight end. They got an incredible defense. I mean, and they just keep drafting Georgia players, so they're going to be even better. So why not? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's not fair. Uh, Jalen Carter and Kobe Dean, that's, that on that defense is insane. Add in Fletcher Cox and Derek Barnett and all that. It's going to be a rough, rough day for Mac Jones in New England, who at least finally has an offensive coordinator calling his place instead of a defensive coordinator. Uh, that was details. That was the most confusing thing that I think I've seen. Uh, so, and it's supposed to be a lot of run pass option, but I, I just don't see that working well against Philadelphia. I, I think they're just going to come in there and boat race them. Yeah, Philadelphia's going to lose a couple games this season. It happens every year. You know, it's so hard to go undefeated, but. Really, if they can stay healthy, they've got so much talent. It sets up to be like a 14 and three type season for them. Uh, I just, I really like this team. They grade out so well at so many positions. The only, again, the only two things you can complain about running back and the secondary. And they're so good elsewhere, they're probably able to make up for those deficiencies because they're not just, I mean, they're just, they're elite elsewhere, you know, top five everywhere else. It's incredible how much talent this team has. Uh, like I said, I think we're going to be backing Philadelphia a lot this year. B great on that money line. Again, you can lay points with them. Model thinks up to seven. So the model thinks laying points with them is fine. Again, you just got to look through what the spread is up and try to find the right price. Personally, the money line's the way to go for me. It works so well for us in college basketball. We're going to see if we can do the same thing here. With the, with, with the running back room, like with teams like the last two we've talked about, do you think having the running quarterback like that allows them to get away with lesser running backs? Like DeAndre Swift probably going to be catching a lot of passes this year because they don't really need him between the tackles so much for on those short uh, short distances because Jalen Hurts is pretty much a running back at, anyway at that level. Yeah, you're probably right. It probably does allow them to get away with. That's why I said they're able to mask that deficiency because they've got a guy who can run uh, with the ball anyway. So they don't need the most talented guy, you know, next to him in the backfield. They just need someone who's serviceable. And, uh, you know, that's I think it's very possible you could be right. Uh, to the Sunday night game, we've taken more favorites so far in this show. Here's one that I think is going to be a coin toss game, but the Cowboys being favored by three here seems a little bit of a surprise to me. <clears throat> the the you know New York's going to have a slightly better defense, slightly better quarterback play here. Obviously, Dak Prescott uh, a very concerning year last year uh, for the Cowboys. Drops now to the 
um, 16th ranked quarterback. How about Daniel Jones at number 10? Uh, so a slightly better quarterback for New York, slightly better defense. I've got their defense ranked seventh. The Cowboys ranked 10th. Uh, the Cowboys, of course, where they're going to excel is going to be in the secondary, whereas New York has the number one rated defensive line. So you've got two pretty solid defenses with certain things that are going really well for them. Uh, should be solid defense for sure. That kind of creates a little bit more of this uncertainty when you're expecting a little bit fewer points because these defenses, the area where the Cowboys are going to excel is outside of the quarterback position of offense they've got fantastic ability at running back they're top 10 at wide receiver tight end and they're top 10 in the offensive line and that contrast with the with new york who's basically all hanging their hat on saquon barkley that's basically it so you can see a massive discrepancy in there so i've got dallas as a road favorite i do think they should be favored on the road but just very slightly that one point in the nfl doesn't mean a whole lot i've got the probability win at 50 percent it's 50 point something percent but this is pretty close to a coin toss game obviously if this is in arlington it's a different situation where you say these slight edges that New York has at quarterback and defense are not offset by the edges everywhere else on offense, but the game location here kind of makes this more 50-50. So we're going to take a shot here with New York at plus 150, a grade value for a game that I don't know what's going to happen. And if you've watched the NFC East for the past 10 years, I feel like every single game is, I don't know what's going to happen. So plus 150 is pretty good value for a conference or for it should be a, a division that just always seems chaotic uh, year in and year out. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I think Daniel Jones gets a lot of un unnecessary hate because I think so too. He, he is the guy that had a what 80 yard touchdown run and just fell down. Like, like yeah. I mean, things like that just happen to the guy, unfortunately, and it makes it easy. But he's this is one of the few few years of his career that he's bringing back the same like stuff around him. With he's going to have Barkley. They actually upgraded a tight end, got Darren Wall, uh, Waller, and he's fantastic. I'm very surprised Oakland was willing to let him go because. Man, I, he's he's going to really help out Daniel Jones. Um, Darius Slayton can take the top off the defense anytime he wants. And I think they've got some really good young guys that are a little unproven with Hyatt and Wondell Robinson. Uh, but so the, maybe later in the year we see those guys break in and really upgrade this uh, receiving core. But Barkley's a stud. They've got a very very good defense, and they improved it with bobby okariki i loved watching here him here in indianapolis and i came, i was very mad that they let him go because he's just a very very good linebacker i think that really helps with their defense out and man i just don't like dallas i don't know they've get it's like they've got the names and they've got i'm not a big dak fan uh tony pollard i don't know i don't trust him he's probably gonna make me look like a fool but i just, i don't know yet uh cd lamb good but I'm not a big fan of the other two receivers either. I don't think their defense and there's that crazy stat out there with uh, Trayvon Diggs. As many interceptions as he gives up, is he's too aggressive and gets burned off burned off the top because he gives up twice as many touchdowns for trying to jump routes. I think that's things are going to kind of happen that way, and New York's going to end up winning this game. This is also a situation where when you look at those positional groups and those rankings, it sets up where the Dallas strength is not exactly on defense going to be stopping the run. Their strength is going to be, uh, you know, like you said, and, and it does work out a little risky, but getting those turnovers in the secondary and just really preventing the passing game. 
and and when Dallas is going well, it's they're not giving up those big plays, and they're really putting a cap on the opposing team's passing game. As good as Daniel Jones is, I think if you're New York, you have to still rely on Saquon Barkley, who's still an incredible running back. And that sets up well because that's not exactly what Dallas's strength is, is stopping it. So you've got a situation here where uh, New York should be able to take advantage of a weaker linebacking core uh, for Dallas, move the ball on the ground. Uh, and that's going to be key here because, uh, you know, it's, it's a team that can really stop the run. That's where New York's going to be a little bit more questionable, especially early on when we don't know quite as much about this receiving core. We don't know as much about this offensive line. If they're stopping the run, because again, the, New York's not running the ball because the line's great. It's because Saquon Barkley. And if you've got a team who can really, really disrupt the line and throw chaos into that, and, and now it's it's you're, you're pressuring Daniel Jones and you're making him make passes – I'm not saying they can't win games like that. But I'm just saying that's where it's going to get really scary, I think, if you're back in New York. That's not really this Cowboys team. And again, anything can happen in any game. You never know exactly how it's going to play out. But just looking at the strengths of it, this sets up to be a slightly more favorable matchup for New York because of that. And the Cowboys, you know, mediocre on the defensive line, not great at the linebacker position. And so if they're not really taking Barkley out of the game, putting a ton of pressure on uh, Daniel Jones, that's when he can be a little bit more successful as well. So it sets up, I think, for New York to have a little bit more success than a different style of defense that, again, might make them struggle a bit more. So uh, really a coin tossing type game here. Uh, you said a lot of names on Dallas, and the model thinks that offense has got a lot of talent, uh, but uh, it's still tough to go on the road and beat a decent team. And I'm just not sure that Dallas is good enough to do that. In the middle of the, in the, middle of, of, uh, the NFL this year, the teams are ranked really close together with how many points apart they are. It's like I've got Philadelphia way out there, and you've got a couple of really teams, a couple of really bad teams. But in that middle, at, at this point, there's just a lot of jumble, a lot of uncertainty here. And so I think that's kind of what you're seeing here. Dallas is a better team, but on the road, uh, plus odds here on New York is really good value. So an A grade play there. Uh, and those are the six games that we're covering here. Jake, what are your parting words for the viewer heading into NFL week one? Look, everybody's got a winning fantasy football team right now, and it's great. And you're just kind of revel in that because after, after this week, it's gonna somebody's gonna realize they made a terrible mistake, and that's probably gonna be me. I probably made. I'm, I'm sure it's me too. Um, I haven't played <laughs> fantasy football in a long time, so this being my first year back, fantasy football is gonna be uh, quite fun. If you're still hanging around with us, uh, just as a reminder, I teased this on a previous show. Uh, I will be watching all of the NFL games this year. So going forward, uh, hopefully I can provide some good insights uh, for you viewers as well based off of what I'm watching, watching the uh, condensed games uh, on the day after. So Mondays I'll be, uh, be a Monday, Monday morning and Monday afternoon quarterback, uh, sitting back and watching all the condensed games, see what I can pick up, what insights. So we'll have a lot of good discussion here. Uh, I, I, by the end of the year, I should be an expert on all of these teams based off how much, how much football I plan to be watching. So it should be, should be a fun, a fun time for everybody. Uh, might, might drop some nuggets in the discord chat. So if you're an NFL junkie, uh, make sure you're over there with us on dub club to get that discord. And I can uh, drop those insights Monday as I see them. Uh, and that's all we've got again, more great picks on dub club. Also, again, make sure you're signed up there. So you get the invite to the survivor pool winner takes home a free year subscription. Otherwise, thank you for tuning into this episode of picks with the professor. Don't forget to subscribe. So you can show the sports betting content provided on this channel. Shop right into your feed. Be back all week. Cousin Jared and I, 
We'll have one more college triple episode. We'll have baseball all week. So a lot of good content coming your way. As always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>